You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you join us on this week's edition of Wealth Tech on Deck. As those of you who listen regularly know, we talk with people all over our industry on the confluence of digital and human advice. For today's show, we're going to look at uh, advice in this new age from a slightly different angle. We'll, we'll fill you in on what that means in a moment. Our guest today is Joanna Kanakis. Joanna is the Executive Vice President and Head of Institutional Business Development at Halo Investing. Joanna, welcome to Wealth Tech on Deck. Thanks for having me, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So, Joanna, before we talk about your career and what you're excited about in your day-to-day work and where you see industry going, all the staple questions we like to ask of our guests each week. Let's start by filling our audience in who the heck is Halo Investing? I see you guys all over the place. So who is Halo? What do you do? And how do you and your colleagues get this business started? Thanks, Jack. It is a thrilling story to have the privilege to tell. So Halo Investing is a technology and distribution engine, I would say. We are focused really on bringing the world of protective equity investing to retail wealth. So when you think of the whole ecosystem, what's our mission? What are we looking to do? U.S. retail wealth assets are primarily in equities, but not usually with a level of protection in them. So our goal is to bring accessibility, transparency, and competition to the products that deliver that mechanism and therefore then provide access to the rest of the world that doesn't necessarily have access to these kinds of products. So we're first and foremost, a tech infrastructure, a front interface that financial advisors interact with to research, manage, and transact these products. We have field engagement, so human engagement with the financial advisors that we work with, that we really believe that blending exactly to the point of this whole podcast, the blending of humans and technology together is critical for the successful implementation of these kinds of products. And then we also support the supply side in the design and development and manufacturing of these kinds of products as well. And so what's the generic name? What are they known by? Sure. So Structured Notes is the primary product that's available on our platform. Mm -hmm. We also added fee-based annuities and we have buffered ETFs as well. All three of those financial products, the way that they're constructed is different. The way that you access that product is different. But the place in the portfolio and what it does for the client is the same. You're looking at the equity part of portfolio and you want protection on that equity. Gotcha. We'll talk some more about that. I want to get into that a little bit more. Yeah. How did Halo get started? I know I've talked to some of your founders and it's a fascinating story. So if you would share with our audience how this whole thing could get going. I'd love that. So you got two guys in Chicago that ran into each other at, I think, a benefit dinner. In fact, one serial tech entrepreneur started several options, startup technologies in Chicago. And another is a recovering private banker from Credit Suisse who used structured notes specifically in client portfolios really effectively through the 2008 financial crisis. These guys get together and say, we want to help actually optionality improve in client portfolios. Same kind of way of saying we want defined outcome or protective investing to be more accessible. They looked across the marketplace and looked in structured notes, looked in OCIO business, looked at all of these different potential mechanisms to deliver that result for the end client and landed on structured notes. Quite frankly, it's the most clunky, hardest to access product, historically speaking, in the United States. So they said, let's tackle that one first and then keep replicating off of that. So we started in 2017, came to market with two RAAs and two issuing banks on our platform. 
have just had an incredible run since then. So yeah, that's how it started. So we'll get into more of that, more of the detail of what you're doing and how that applies, because I think it's all part of the larger picture of putting together portfolios where this plays an important role. But I get ahead of ourselves with that. I'll ask you to comment on that a little bit. So let's let's back it up a little bit further and talk about how you got into this business. Where What's your origin story? How did you wind up sitting on a podcast called Wealth Tech on Deck? Where did that all come from? <laughs> I asked myself the same question over my coffee this morning, Jack, as I was looking through my day schedule. <laughs> How in the world did I land here? So I started straight out of school. I was a philosophy major in undergrad, but... Really? By the way, I was a philosophy minor. Were you? Excellent. Let's talk Heidegger after this. We won't bore the podcasters. I, after doing it in my senior, excuse me, my sophomore year, I realized, one, I didn't know what they were talking about, and two, <laughs> there was no future in it. But uh, And did you have a particular area of philosophy that you enjoyed? I know this is way off the beaten path, but I'm curious. No, it's totally fine. I was originally international business and flipped to philosophy because I thought if I, I would like to learn how to think and how to write and how to speak more effectively and efficiently, and I'll figure out an industry that interests me and that I want to get into. I was the little girl who was pretending she was an international businesswoman at 10 years old. And so I knew that was what I wanted to be. Whatever I've, that I've known a few of those. Nah. Uh, yeah. And, um, but then thought, I'm going to study what I'm going to study and just make it work out. And somehow it did. I landed on a derivatives trading desk straight out of school and then was structuring multi-legged option strategies for pensions, insurance companies, and hedge funds through the financial crisis. You could spend a whole podcast talking about that experience. And then kind of moved my way into institutional sales, selling derivatives, clearing, execution, and financing on those assets. Ended up at Societe Generale, large French investment bank, and was celebrating my promotion at work with a friend over lunch. And she said, you should go talk to Bijou Kulathakul, the CEO at Halo. And I said, why? I'm doing great. I'm on this trajectory. I know where I'm going. And I came in to Halo and we were kind of two guys in a pizza box era. It was just before our Series B round. There were 15 employees at Halo at that point. And I heard the story and sitting where I sat in the investment bank, I saw what technology did to other financial products and how that really scaled out the access and the efficiency of the product itself. And I thought, well, this would be an interesting opportunity to sit on the other side of the table instead of the impacted. I can be the impactor and do this for the greater good of what now how Americans can invest. That's how I joined. That's great. I'm going to dig in a little bit deeper here. So you've got two guys in a pizza box and they collect another 13 or 14 or 15 folks around them. And you're kind of getting this thing going. And I don't recall exactly, but you were among the first, if not the first, you were early in this whole game. Describe that because you're really kind of a new product type, product category. And also we'll get into it in a little bit, but how that fits into putting together portfolios with that role plays because it's not a... The way I look at our industry for decades, we just, it's kind of product of the month, one and done. You buy, you sell something because it has a hot dot to it or whatever. But yep. increasingly, it's around how do you put portfolios together? So I get ahead of myself, but describe how you guys emerged from that 15 person, two pizza box start. And mm-hmm. how did that evolve? And I know you're doing a lot more. I want to get into that too. I know you're doing, it's, it's expanding as you go. So just talk about this whole notion of protected investing and where does that fit and how does that work and all that kind of stuff? So what we did in the beginning was we said the way that historically structured notes have been disseminated into the marketplace, again, very difficult to find, was a Wall Street manufacturer would design a set of solutions, that hot product of the month, exactly what you said, Jack. 
And that then would be pushed down into the financial community. That process would happen again and again every single month. In Stride Wires, you would only get the home bank product that was available to you. When Halo came into the marketplace in 2017, we wanted to really flip that on its head. So serving fiduciaries first and foremost, we thought the way that we get this out into the market is not to have a top-down approach where somebody else designs this and then the advisors just consume it. What if we flip that ecosystem on its head and had the advisor design and then have the manufacturers create on behalf of those financial advisors? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We realized that technology needed to help in the designing of it and in the manufacturing. So we have technology that does both. And really, that was the impetus of how this started. We thought, let's take a commission-heavy, traditionally opaque, traditionally $1 to $3 million minimum investment size product. Let's bring it down to fiduciaries who are in the market looking for customized solutions for their clients. And let's create this in a fee-only model where you actually have competition now you have better transparency into what exact product you're buying and what those terms are. And really, again, putting that power back into the hand of the financial advisor. That's where we started way, way back. Yeah. And one of the things I, I noticed, you do a lot of work with insurance companies. I just saw something on LinkedIn where you work with Jackson and I know you work with Allianz and others. Describe what that connection is. Is that parallel? Is that, are they distributors? Talk a little bit about what you're doing in the insurance space because you seem to be a bridge between the equity world, the debt world, and, and the insurance world. Yeah. So, I mean, a, an annuity is a very similar kind of payoff and product as a structured note. Rather than that corporate debt wrapper as an overlay, you're getting an insurance wrapper as an overlay. So you're taking on the credit risk of the insurance company itself. Halo entered into the world of annuities because we said, we, we think we can learn from other wrappers in the way that these products are distributed and the way that advisors use them in portfolios. And it follows a similar sort of story, exactly to your point, of that protected equity sleeve, right? What we do for annuity products today is this exact, very similar thing as what we do for structured notes. So think you've got Citibank, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley on one side. You also have Allianz, Jackson, Global Atlantic, right? On As product manufacturers, Halo is a conduit through to the financial advisor that doesn't have access to these products. So specifically in the RIA community, we have an insurance agency that acts as agent of record on those products. So what does that mean? A financial advisor that is not licensed for insurance products and not registered then with Jackson or Allianz can actually offer their client a fee-only annuity via Halo through the same mechanisms as which they would offer a structured note. So are you effectively a platform? Mm -hmm. So we're a marketplace, right? We're a place for advisors to research and then select the product. You can also transact directly on the platform itself. And the last piece is within structured notes and annuities both, the reporting is piss poor across all of it, right? If it's an annuity, you have to go onto the annuity carrier's website. If you have one Jackson, one Allianz, one Global Atlantic, you're going all these different places in order to get that access to the information. Within the world of structured notes, you would have been managing that on Excel spreadsheet all by yourself. that probably one of your summer juniors had created. Our technology holds all of that information for the financial advisor and then helps that reporting on a regular basis out to the financial advisor and their client. So I'm assuming that this platform marketplace has expanded. It seems like you're adding additional products and imagined different additional distribution partners. So talk about how that started with structured notes. How is that expanding? How is that continuing in terms of your growth trajectory? Yeah, so we added, we started in structured notes, like I said, in 2017 with two RAAs. 
we added buffered ETFs in was like thick pandemic. So timing kind of escapes me, but I'm thinking around July of 2020. Mm-hmm. We added annuities in April of 2021. And then from there, our distribution has expanded pretty significantly as well. So like I said, two RIAs that we started with today, we are over 40% of Schwab's entire book of structured wow. notes. Wow. Pretty significant without a strategic relationship with Schwab. And which is awesome considering we started with zero in 2017. So the marketplace found you. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. And then we've been expanding on the enterprise side as well. So that's actually the team that I started and then have, have been overseeing and growing. We landed an integration deal with Pershing, where we are the integrated structured note solution inside of Pershing's ecosystem. And are starting in this last year, have started winning mandates and implementing into larger wealth management firms like broker dealers and large RIAs across the ecosystem. So expanding by the day. As you go forward, are you talking about obviously more partners and so on, but also more products? Where's this marketplace go? Where do you take it? It's a great question. And we wrestle with this a lot. There are so many shiny new toys that we could go after, right? There are tons of investment solutions that are seeking distribution. So there's a lot of incoming people saying, you guys built out this ecosystem of distribution mechanism. Could we help partner? To be really honest, the answer for us is that financial advisors still 3% of the market is using structured notes. A very limited subset is using fee-based annuities. We still see so much market saturation opportunity for us in the space where we are really well specialized and have the technology built to scale this thing up. So For now, the innovation will come not in a diversified product, but in the delivery of that product. So let's talk a little bit about portfolio construction, because it sounds like this is an ideal tool to build a Mm -hmm. household level portfolio in terms of equity, fixed income. And I would assume structure has a special place in such a portfolio. So talk a little bit about how it gets applied, how it gets used in the construction of a portfolio. Yeah, so the beauty and pain of structured notes specifically is that they are infinitely customizable, which means when fixed income rates were super low, let's rewind to about a year ago, financial advisors that were partnering with Halo were using them as actually a fixed income replacement in the portfolio. You do have corporate debt exposure, so it can look like a fixed income asset. You can construct them to spit a coupon off like a fixed income asset. Fast forward to today, Interest rates are coming up a little bit, right? People are not as concerned about that fixed income portion lagging in their portfolio. The concern today is the equity part of the portfolio. And this is traditionally more where structured notes are used. We see financial advisors layering structured notes next to or alongside of the equity part of their portfolio and just taking a small sleeve, say 3 to 5% of the equity part of the portfolio and saying, you're always going to be exposed to SPY, say take a piece of that XPY exposure and put it in a structured note. So now you have SPY with downside protection. That's the basic gist of the way that portfolio that advisors use these in portfolios. Halo is not an RAA and portfolio strategist. So we really partner alongside the financial advisor to understand the models that they use to help them identify where is the client pain that can be solved with the right investment thesis and then help them design the right product to achieve those goals. So talk a little bit more of that, because it would seem that given the sophistication and the complexity of the product itself, 
And then also in different market scenarios that it plays different roles, sounds like. Yeah. How do you work with advisors to make sure they're using it well and to the full advantage of what they're seeking to achieve? Yeah. So it's interesting. We were the only technology solution around structured notes that said we need technology and humans as well. In fact, same thing on the fee-based annuity side. We're the only company that has technology and this human distribution layer, so field engagement. Because of the complexity of these solutions and because of the need for net new users of these, we're getting incoming requests for net new users of these products. We decided from the very beginning of Halo that we need the technology and this field engagement team. So when a financial advisor comes to Halo or they find Halo, they are assigned a territory field support person that then helps them understand the way that the technology works and how to actually transact on the technology and also how to translate kind of Wall Street or insurance jargon into Main Street that somebody like my mom, who's a public health nurse, can understand. That field engagement piece is absolutely critical for our success in the conversion rate. So 40% of the financial advisors that use Halo for structured notes have never used a note before in their portfolio. 40%. But that conversion rate is so high because of that field engagement. So talk about that translation, because if 40% have used it, they must have heard about, is that just word of mouth? No. So, well, started off that way. We have significantly come into the marketplace with different conferences and with speaking engagements around. So yeah, yeah. we spoke at Future Proof and Riskalyze and, you know, what am I thinking? Wealth Edge, Wealth Management Edge, like all of those kinds of conferences. So there's a ton of engagement there. We also have strategic partnerships with other tech platforms in the wealth tech industry that recognized structured notes are important, but it's a gap for us. So say Riskalyze, for example, Riskalyze approached us and said, we think we have structured notes in the portfolio. We're not sure. We see these QCIPs and we think they're corporate bonds, maybe they're structured notes, but we can't value them. So Halo formed a strategic partnership with Riskalyze in 2018, whereby they ping us to say, check your database. Is this a note or is it a QCIP or is it a corporate bond? And if it's a structured note, send us back calculations to calculate the risk score on notes. So there are more and more third-party technology relationships like this, where we can be additive to the existing wealth tech infrastructure and su- support the, the product as it lives and breathes in the rest of the portfolio. Because today it's pretty lacking. One of the questions I like to ask right around now, and it's perfect time to ask this one, where do you see things going? And here's, I want to frame it a little bit. It's one thing to come up with a whiz-bang product that you've come up with. That's all great. But unless there's a human being to educate, support, help people through the use of them. And then as markets, you know, do what markets do, there's lots of education along what that means and how that plays out. I'm sure that's all part of it. And then now with the IOVAs, the no fee annuities, that has its own complexity because it's built for RAs and RAs don't do annuities. Mm -hmm. And lots of ways that that has been solved through sort of concierge type services, which sounds like is what you do. Yep. So given all that, it sounds like you're in a position to kind of help people through figuring out how to incorporate these more esoteric or complex or different kinds of products in a way that will support the portfolio construction through protection, through with the annuity, with tax advantages. Is that where you guys are going? Does that become more and more about what you do is support advisors and building portfolios? That's exactly where we're at today, Jack. So that is the service that we provide to the market today. It's that concierge service, helping a financial advisor that wants to decide their asset allocation, helping them define the product, identify it, transact it, and then implement it in a client portfolio, and then manage that through its life cycle. 
where we're going next is we solved for the rep SPM, right? Like let's zoom this back out to wealth management from a higher level. Mm -hmm. We've Mm -hmm. solved really beautifully rep SPM. We've created a competitive ecosystem. We've created a solve for non-licensed advisors, right? In their insurance place. Where we need to go to is the rest of the managed money bucket. So how do you create an ecosystem where non-regularly tradable assets or financial products that have historically been one for one, here's a finished product and here's the client, how do you put them into UMA, SMA, that ecosystem? That's where we're going next. And that's where then the conversation is not client by client, financial advisor, understanding notes, understanding the implementation, etc. It's a conversation from an asset manager out to their whole ecosystem of here's a new protected equity sleeve within our model that we can provide and give access to, which is pretty exciting. Well, as we like to say here in Boston, where I'm speaking from today, wicked piss off. This is very cool. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I would add one initial that you did include this time around. So yet SMA, UMA, maybe you have portfolios, the UMH, the Unified Managed Household, in other words... It seems to me that you played an important role. And we're going to talk about that after our podcast. Is that I, I got an idea that okay. should be some fun to pursue. Color me intrigued. <laughs> Yay. But that's why we do this podcast. We learn all sorts of stuff. That's uh, it's a lot of fun. So our time grows nigh. We'll try to keep these to a half an hour. I'm not sure if there's such a word as nigh. Maybe my grandmother used it. But in any yeah, event. It's in Shakespeare. N-I-G-H, definitely. Oh, yeah. L- listen to her in Shakespeare and her philosophy. And all that. <laughs> listen to you. That's great. I love it. By the way, I have to insert when I was in college, I was an English major and a philosophy minor because I wanted to do exactly what you said. Same words, by the way, just about I wanted to be able to think and read and write and talk. And guess what I do for a living? Turns out (laughs) serves us all well. (laughs) Ain't no complaints for liberal arts degree. But in any event, you've covered a lot of ground. This has really been a wonderful conversation. What are three key takeaways you'd like to leave with our audience as we look to bid farewell a little bit? So first and foremost, um, I recognize fully that technology, wealth tech in general is such a buzzy word. And people are talking about tech and Chad GPT coming out three weeks ago. Now it feels like there's this recoil of like, how good is tech and how scary is this? There, I truly believe, especially in the wealth management industry, considering how much human connectivity there is needed in terms of forming a trust relationship with your end client. The imperative of embracing technology to scale, whether that's in your back office, in your middle office, you yourself as the FA, thinking giant large-scale wealth management firms that are trying to find efficiency through outsource compliance or whatever, technology is at the heart of that success story. And I truly believe that the wealth firms that survive this explosion of innovation in the wealth management ecosystem will be those that have solved the tech Rubik's Cube the most efficiently. Secondly, I really believe that equities are also your best friend. There is still and will continue to be the right place for equities and portfolios, but we no longer have to cross our fingers and hope that you're not starting to enter retirement in the middle of March 2020 or July of 2008. So there are solutions that are available and out in the ecosystem where you can have be managing your client fears still exposed to equities, but have that level of protection and safety on the downside. And truly, I think that the kind, of, the kind of investment solution that solves for the relationship problem and the stress is why I'm so compelled and why I joined Halo, right? Like that's the gist of it. 
And third thing is, there's never been a better time to be in the wealth management space. I came from the institutional side. I had not been in this ecosystem until three and a half years ago. And having sat on within finance in different kind of realms than this wealth management ecosystem, it is shocking to me to see how much tech, innovation, human capital, PE capital, everything being deployed into this space tells me that, I mean, if I'm what I'm telling the juniors that are coming into Halo, I'm saying this is an absolutely critical time of rejuvenation, rebirth, and innovation in this space. And it is thrilling to be here. Great. I'm inspired. I like it. So, Joanna, we're going to bring this on home. It's been a real pleasure to spend some time with you. We bumped into each other at conferences over the past year or two, and or at least since we started returning to conferences. And I expected we'd have a wonderful conversation, and you exceeded my expectations. So thank you for that. Thank you. And now my favorite question that we ask each of our guests, what is something you do outside of work that you are excited about or passionate about that people might find interesting or surprising? I believe in balance in my life. So in 2009, as the financial crisis was waning and I was getting very bored on my trading desk, I put myself through culinary school at night. It was a bit chaotic of a period of my life. As you can imagine, trading 12 hours a day and then going to culinary school for four or five hours at night. So I cook well, and that is my creative outlet. So I'm a terrible drawer. I can't color or whatever. I can't paint, but I love creating food and delivering my love for my community through food. But then I also, in the balance scheme of things, I also really love running. So last night I ran home from my office. I packed up my clothes, work clothes, put on work clothes, and then ran three and a half miles to my house in Chicago as a way to balance that love of food. That's great. That's great. Good for you. Well, this has been a total blast. I've enjoyed it immensely, as I indicated, and love the conversation. So for our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share what we're doing here at Wealth Tech on Deck. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again, Joanna. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. It was a pleasure. Yes, it's been great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.